Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Eat, Sleep, Suplex, Retweet. He's got big boys and he cannot lie. You other brothers can't deny. Ladies and gentlemen, great guest on Saturday Draft Live here today. David Campbell joined as always by one quarter of the team here at Saturday Draft Live. It is Mr. Scott McLeod. Scott, how are you? I'm very good, David. He's not talking about me. He jokes about balls there. The size of my balls are of no concern to anyone in this draft. <laughs> I, I, of course, talking about big boys have. He came into the draft, it's his debut season, and it's his first time in Saturday Draft Live. Tom McManus, how are you? I'm all right. Big balls is here. <laughs> <laughs> He's ready to go. He's ready to talk about it. Of course, we are going to be talking uh, to Tom about his team in detail uh, later in the show. But first, we need to do what we always do, and that's break down the top three scorers for the week. And in third place this week, Scott, we do have... Brett Baker um, from Matt's team. Brett Baker prompting Matt up. Matt hasn't had the best season, shall we say, since coming up from the Listeners League. He is sitting in dead last right now with the booty woes, 53.5 points. But Brett Baker was and remains a shining light of his team. Looking forward to next season, the tag season, obviously rumble to mania. A lot of people like to focus on WWE talent, specifically in that season. What do you think the draft position for Britt Baker will look like going into the next season? Well, Barry Woes is no a rat name because Woe has been uh, the performance of Matt <laughs> coming dead last <laughs> the majority of this season. But yeah, Britt Baker is a solid pick to have on anyone's team. I would actually would have thought she's done eight points in the top. I thought she would have been up just a little bit higher given that part of this comes with a title defence successfully at Battle of the Belts last Saturday and then also the appearance appearances on Rampage and AW Dynamite alongside Adam Cole uh, and the rest of the, the elite uh, recently but I think I know there was some controversy because Britt Baker hadn't yet won the title last tag season but was drafted in a position that we all thought was a bit too high for her at that stage mm-hmm. even now as the AW Women's Champion has to say she maybe even drops down a second to maybe a second round, third round at the most because yeah. I don't think she's our first round for a tag season when the field is halved but if you want a top female pick early on in the, the selection process, I think you can't really go wrong with Bert Baker and the role that she's on. I know yeah. there was rumours of a big programme between her and Thunder Rosa going in at some point of 2022 but with Thunder Rosa's current ongoing issues with Mercedes Martinez and maybe leading to a rematch with Jade Cargill I think you can safely say that maybe Brett Baker will hold on to the belt going through a revolution, which means that on the road to WrestleMania, even if you haven't got a team that might perform well when you get there, on the road there at Revolution, a pay-per-view title defence at the hands of Brett Baker would do wonders for your team. 100%. We need to go from the bottom of the table to the top, because in second place for this week's top scorers, it's Sammy Guevara, 11 points. Now, Tom... And he come to you, obviously, this is your first season. You're learning the ropes of the draft, feeling it out. When you look at the Sammy Guevara, Cody Rhodes, TNT title situation, does the uncertainty of that put you off from drafting the TNT champion, whoever that turns out to be? 
Well, it's always the risk when you when you're drafting a champion. You've got to take that extra pick of who you've you've got to take how the company books the champions into account whenever you, when when you're looking at picking a champion. And I guess um, Sammy Guevara, like who would have had Sammy Guevara down as one of the top scorers for a week yeah. at the start of the draft? <laughs> he, he was stuck at the start of it. He was still. Stuck as sort of like a background character for the inner circle. Who, who would have had him down as um, yeah. Who would have had him down as a top scorer and now one of the mid card champions on AW, the main show. It's ridiculous. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. He's actually he's had a couple of good seasons in the past. He's been one of those sort of sleeper hits. It's the type of a uh, person that Grant me Robbie uh, would have always taken. A big AEW fan. Forty two points last season. So right now he is he is doing quite well in terms of trying to match that tally, but we'll just need to see how it turns out for Sammy uh, by the end of this particular season. Um, but first for this week, Scott, I need to come to you because it is your brother. Once again, Seth Rollins topping this week's top scorers, helped by dual appearances on both Raw and SmackDown. Obviously a Raw superstar in feud with SmackDown stock champion Roman Reigns. Ross, once again, has found a juggernaut performer to bolster his team, to lead his team up that table. And whatever people have to say about Ross, specifically what I have to say about Ross, he is a bastard. He is doing <laughs> well for drafting from last. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Even if like, it didn't really matter whether he picked Seth or Ruby Soho first, but I think he should have chosen Seth first. Because... Uh, uh, luckily, I think what did for me and Ruby Soho did not win the DBS title, which helped me to know him. But uh, with Seth Rollins, yeah, like well, went on Raw, appeared on SmackDown, and I think that's what he's going to need uh, over the next couple of weeks, leading into the Rumble, with him appearing on both shows, because uh, like we all know, Seth probably isn't going to win the Universal title. Would be great for Ross if he did, but he probably won't. But given how close Ross is to cracking into that top spot, maybe going back to back, which would never been done before he'll get the rest of his team and uh, he doesn't have that much representation going into the actual rumble itself so he's relying on like likes of Seth or maybe Jurassic Express on the way there to get him over that edge well Jurassic Express I believe do have a title defence uh, coming up against um, John Silver and Alex Reynolds of the Dark Order so that is something there. So they had that last night Oh, did they have that last night? Oh, God. Oh, well, what can you say? <laughs> Put that down as a botch for me, Scott. Um, but I, I see what you're saying. We always talk about Rumble Power. Seth Rollins has a title match. It might appear in the Rumble itself as well, but Jai Lee has been missing in action completely after a exciting debut. Sheamus is always someone who can get a couple of points. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't rule Ross completely out of it. I just don't think he's in the best position to do something. Um, but we are going to talk about the table just now. In last place, it is Matt Smith with the Bitty Woes. 53 and a half points. Will be going back to the Listeners League next season in disgrace. Um, just on top of him is Gary with 66 points. Team Vista, bad season for him. Tom McManus in his debut season, 70 points with God's greatest draft pick. We'll talk about his team in a wee bit. Daniel Campbell, 87 points. Future Endeavours LTD. We then go to David Hockney, 90 points at the West End Country Club. Or anyone, Scott McLeod, 93 points with Team Broken Dreams followed by myself with Team Goat, 98 points. We'll break into the top five with Jack Graham with two hit wonders, 114 and a half points. Just 
just above him, Stephen Wilson, Team Pigs and Blankets, 116. One point above him, Sarah Grieve, Team Pitch, please, uh, 117 points. And then our top two, Ross McLeod, Hi Ho Soho, 124 points. And then Alan is in top place, 128 points, the pillars of MVPs. Scott, it really is a great season for Alan. One of the best I can remember from him since like the very, very early seasons of the draft. Yeah, because I think Alan really struggled to get out of the mid portion of the tail for a lot of the, lot of the season since like season three because like season five, six, seven, particularly, you know, he had that one pit that would problem up that something would always go wrong. Like on paper, he'd have a good team, but something would always go wrong or when like somebody would get injured. He had Becky Lynch then very early in season two was involved and she announced she was pregnant and had to leave and give up the role of his title, which obviously wasn't ideal for his season. Yeah. So it's a case of like much like Russ, I think, where he had to finally wait all this time for all the pieces to fall into place team wise. And it's very interesting, especially given how close Russ is behind him in that you either have a first time winner or you have the first ever back to back, which is an interesting outcome either way. I don't think either of them will win. My money is still with Jack, or maybe myself as an outside bet. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. But, Tom, we are going to talk about your team in a minute, but there's something we need to do. We need to send it over to Scott McLeod to tell us what's happening in the listeners' league. Take it away, Scott. I will take it away, and I will give this as much you know, seriousness as it deserves. Uh, number five, and this is league GP, a former listeners' league winner in fair just but as well as Matt's fair and uh, when he came up to the main league GP daddy's home bitchy as well home listen league is your home and please stay there and literally you are staying there for another season as you're in fifth place with 129 points just ahead of him a point and a half is is Lee with quiz my ass club I'd much rather not do a quiz about your ass I don't know how many questions there'd be on your ass and I don't want to know Robert Shaw the supposed the best tag team partner ever uh to David Topney, you know, another former Listeners League winner with a uh, team budget cuts. He's on 135 points in third place. Ryan Douglas, another former Listeners League winner, uh, just three points ahead of him. Uh, hashtag get the people home. I don't know where the people have been, but apparently they want to go home. The places five through two are very close, no points wise, but then you take a bit of a jump up to 147 points and Jim O'Mac with Jim's unholy rollers. And, you know, Jim looks like the favourite going in with the last couple of weeks of the season. But obviously, we know that things can always change. He's got Seth Rollins as well. He's got Jamie and Priest. Oh, oh, oh. And he's got RK Bro. You know, they could appear together in the Rumble. They don't have a... They did lose the Raw Tag Team titles recently, which obviously doesn't help. But uh, it just depends how much, you know, rubber representation Jim has. You know, keep the others like Ryan Douglas or Robert Shaw at bay and make sure he moves up to the tie team season rather than Robert Shaw or Ryan Douglas trying to you know become the first ever two time Rumble, first ever two time Listeners League winners. But uh, a couple of weeks ago, it's still very much all to play for. Can Jim hold on to that lead? Found out next time. Same Listeners League channel, same Listeners League time. Couldn't remember the order that went in. Back to you, David. Please. That I'm burning. That was riveting. That that was that was riveting. And then good luck to everyone competing in the listeners' league. But we do need to talk about Tom. Tom, I want to come to you first. This is your first season in the draft. Like we said, what did you know about it going into draft night? 
what were your thinking going into draft night? And when it got to the draft itself, was it what you expected it to be? Did you feel more pressure to to make your picks than you thought you might? What what was what was going on there? Oh, I I I went into it way too under under prepared. I uh, I did not do I did not do nearly enough research for it or prep for it as <laughs> as much as it was as um as Sarah Gree very very harshly let me know when she was uh, stealing all my top picks from under me. <laughs> um, yeah, I think I think I I had a I had a basic idea of what I wanted. Um, I think it it all depended for me on how high up I was on the um on the on the team selection list. To see if, because my original ta- uh, tactic was get Brian Danielson as soon as possible, which obviously didn't work out for me, uh, just because of how many matches he had come up, and I was absolutely certain they were also going to put the AEW title on him. So I've sort of looked out there by missing that, but um, yeah, no, it's it's panicky, it's pressure. I felt it. Yeah, you always do, and Scott, I'll let you turn to you because I'm sure you have some questions about the team uh, that Tom ended up picking on the night. Yeah, certainly. I mean, I think we need to get out of the way first. You know, you call him Big Boss Tam for a reason. I mean, first season around the draft, plus the position you were in, despite the state draft, it's still, you know, a lot to wrap your head around. But the fifth round is where everyone goes bold, and you outdid them all, maybe, by going with Bailey. You know, we've had this in the past, you know, with mixed success. We had Charlotte get picked one season by Ryan uh, Ryan Gallagher. She didn't come back from her injury during that season. Uh, we had Becky Lynch during season nine. She came back right at the last hurdle. Uh, SummerSlam beat Bianca, but you had Bailey, and I mean, also your hopes of winning went out the window long ago. But your hopes of maybe maybe finishing a bit higher is were you no know, worse than Bailey coming back at the Rumble with best surprise. I'm not saying it couldn't happen, but uh, are you feeling more confident or less confident than you were at the time? I'm I'm probably feeling about the same um, in in terms of how how confident I feel. I feel like if she goes in the rumble, she's going to win it. She'll probably be a captain by then, so she'll be the double points anyway. So I feel like if she does it, she'll definitely win it. So I feel like there's too there was too many points at stake. To, to not pick her in in my head. It was it was well worth the risk. 100%. We always yeah. talk about rumble power in this show. Um, and I think with the women's rumble being the same, as after last night's Smackdown, I'm convinced that Lita is now one of the favourites uh, to, <laughs> to actually go and win the fucking whole thing. Um, but Bailey is certainly up there after Sasha Banks' injury. But uh, Tom, the question I had for you, it was an interesting choice, I thought, picking Mandy Rose first round, fourth overall singles pick. But it has been justified for you. She's the fourth highest pick of the season overall on 33 points. Are you happy with the performance of Mandy Rose at around one pick? And what was behind that? Why were you so confident that she would score highly? Oh, I'm I'm super happy with how well Mandy Rose has done. I think, uh, to be fair, I think she's probably the only person that's that's kept me alive in this. Um, yeah. uh, kept, me, kept me above last place, at least. Um, yeah, I, it goes back to what I was saying about Sammy Guevara. I was looking for a fir- for the first pick. I wanted a I wanted a dependable champion. And if you look at NXT and you look at the way that um, Mandy Rose is being used around there, they're in a complete rebuilding phase at NXT. 
they've taken they've obviously taken a risk with Bron Breaker as a as the the top guy there now. But realistically, they were always going to need someone in a top championship spot with a bit more experience than who who is underneath. They don't necessarily have anyone who is ready to take the title off Mandy, um, and they seem to be building a large portion of the show around her. So I was just like, she's definitely going to keep the championship if that's the case. Um, so it came from the fact that I knew she would probably be dependable looking at um, how NXT is at the moment. Nice, 100%. Scott, anyone else in, in Tom's team that you want to pick apart here? Uh, well, I was going to say, I agree. I actually agree, despite how high you were drafting, like fourth overall, you said, uh, I actually agree with the position of Manos. I agreed with it at the time because you know, I think she was picked in first round many seasons ago. But I think she's in a much better position now than she was then as the NXT Women's Champion. I'd even say she's a good, maybe, second round pick for next season as the NXT Women's Champion because I don't see her losing the title. It ended for the reasons that Tom laid out there. Uh, so you got a, a strange mix here, Tom, of me, mostly AEW and NXT picks. Very like nobody on the main roster other than Bailey, and she's not even appeared yet because obviously he's still dealing with injury. Can you tell us some of their motivations behind that, especially now that one of those NXT picks, Johnny Gargano, has not been seen since after War Games? Yeah, so I was trying to go with um, picks of stuff that I'm mostly watching at the moment. And I haven't watched a huge amount of, um, main roster WWE for probably even the last two years now, realistically. Um, it's just been dribs and drabs whenever, whenever it's been something possibly worthwhile watching in. Um, so I was trying to go with what I knew. I think that has let me down. And next time I do need to do a bit more prep work. Um, just to get everything in because it seems to be people with main roster picks, uh, main roster WWE picks that earn the big points. Um, so I definitely need to get in on that and do some prep work for the next uh, next round of the draft. Um, yeah, it was more just trying to go with what I knew. Gargano was sort of like a bit of a fluster for me. I knew he had the big, was it for the North American title? Um, yeah. it, it, uh, the uh, the paper at uh, the NXT pay per view. Um, yeah, I knew he had that match. There was a chance of him winning a title on it, so I just went for it. Um, Kingston, yeah, I think Kingston w- has probably let me down a little bit. I thought they were just going to be a bit more steady with him, just try and keep him a bit strong after the loss to because he just lost to Bunk. Yeah. So I thought he was a dependable TV time pick, um, but he doesn't seem to have worked out for himself. Um, and then Imperium are only making casual appearances, but they're winning whenever they do make the casual appearances. So again, kind of. If I'd had stronger picks, Imperium might have just propped me up a little bit. But we'll have to see. A hundred percent. I think. Time. I actually think the the problem with your team, like we've pointed yeah. out, Imperium and Andy Rose, the the top two aren't actually bad at all. It's mm. just when you go down there, you get unlucky with Johnny Gargano. Maybe there were yeah. stronger people on the board, more dependable people, like you see, but. What you will have next season, Tom, is a tag team partner to help you out. It's the tag season rumble in Mania every single year. I need to ask you, out of the team here at ESSR, who would you most like to team with? Who have you got your eye on for that wheel to spin you and pair you up for this team of destiny? Who do you want? Um, Who was the... 
someone on there picked mostly WWE main roster. Was it Alan? Gary picked. Or Gary. Alan, yeah, Alan picked um, actually only two main roster. But Gary, I believe, picked quite a few. I'm just going to... Yeah, Gary picked all WWE main roster except Roderick Strong from NXT. <laughs> Might might be. I mean, to be fair, Gary's Gary's underneath me, and I've I've been in, I've been sitting pretty in that second to last spot. So sorry, Gary. Maybe not you, um, <laughs> but uh, Gary Gary has a Gary might Gary's expertise on the main roster might come in handy. To be fair, so it might be worth taking a look through to Gary as well. Um, That's fair, and yeah. this is his worst season. Um, in many normally Gary has. I think there was a point Gary finished like what was it? three times in second uh, without getting a win so like it, it could be a, a good shot this has just been a, uh, now a, now a, you're peaking my interest now now Gary <laughs> sounded a bit more appealing to me he was he was second place in the last team season as well uh so obviously i beat him but you know that's that's by the by uh scott yeah you don't really like gary also performing his worst season i'm looking at everybody's teams here right now like I think I've been around this up. I think this might be the most unlucky draft season we've ever had. Yep. So when you look at down the table, I mean it's fair enough to have a few injuries or up given the last year with the constant budget cuts coming out of nowhere. Some people's team people's team members get released, but like look at the teams. Look at Gary right now. Tony Storm gone. Darcy Banks injured. You know, uh, you on my team. You got Drew injured. You got Jeff Hardy on Matt's team gone. Yeah. So, Nakamura is one half of your tag team. Supposedly he's got something wrong with his. He's got a hand injury or something like that. That's why he's yeah, not he's having the match with Sammy. Which is why yeah. the match with Sammy hasn't happened. Johnny Gargano is MIA. God knows where he is. Xavier Woods on the team team recently been announced to have an injury as well. The Bucks R- got Rich Holland COVID. broke his nose as well on your team. Hey, Rich Holland broke his best nose. Fuck you, Ricochet. I'll never forgive you. <laughs> Young Bucks supposedly got COVID, which is why they ended up being appearing. You know, it has been an unlucky year, right? You're not wrong. Shotzi's now appeared for uh, Daniel once since the draft. How many Zaya Lee appeared once, but she's been there so infrequently. I try to wonder, did I imagine that? Because yeah. <laughs> like we see a mirage. Yeah. <laughs> um, so before we wrap up, Scott, any final questions for Tom uh, before we end? Uh, not really, no. But oh, actually, I've got one question. Uh, honestly. You mentioned coming back for the tag team season. Obviously, it's a different kind of ball game. You know how many teams with somebody, but you know, is there anything you take away in this season that you think will probably help help you do better uh, come the next season? Um, yeah, I think I think it's definitely a case of prep work. I think you've got to know the shows that you're going into a lot better um, than I. And I thought I was able, I thought I was going to be able to coast along without having to take too much of an impact into what Raw and SmackDown were doing um, and carry on avoiding having to watch any of Raw and SmackDown, which is <laughs> which is a big life goal of mine at the moment. It's a, it's a good life goal. It's a good life goal to have. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I was going to try and avoid doing that, but I think I do need to, um, I think I do need to step up and start uh, seeing um, what people are doing on those shows. Cause I think that those choices from there are going to have to come into account. Yeah, I think yeah. like you said with with Gary, uh, maybe try and be, be, you'll be lucky to find yourself with someone who does watch the main yes. roster enough so that I can help, you know, cover that. But 
you know, I think a lot of the strategy that goes into the Mania season, particularly much like this, where this season basically you try to think two months in advance, who's gonna, who could do, who could win the Rumble, you know. Whereas basically you got to look at people on the WWE roster particularly and just imagine where could they be at WrestleMania, and basically yeah. you got to build your draft strategy around that. Around WrestleMania, well. Scott, thank you very much as always. But Tom, thank you for coming back uh, on Saturday Draft Live here today. I hope you've had a good time. Oh, it's been a pleasure, guys. It's been great. Yeah, loved it. Good stuff, good stuff. Well, listen, uh, we'll see you again next week. Until then, it's goodbye from me and from the other guys. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. There now follows an enthusiastic advertisement for Quiz Showdown. Hello guys, welcome to Quest Showdown. I'm Daniel Campbell and in this show you're going to see the members of the Eat Sleep Suplex retweet team go through a very strange quiz. We don't know what the heck's going on with it, but you're going to have to watch to find out. Go check out on the YouTube channel now. That was an enthusiastic advert for Quiz Showdown.